Hello, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Magical Learning Podcast. Today, we had on Sue Ellen Cook, who is an amazing artist, and if you watch the YouTube video, we actually display some of the artworks in it. You can look at all her stuff on her website, um, but from everyone at the Magical Learning team, we want to thank everyone for supporting us through the 100 episodes, and we love hearing back from you, so thank you again, and have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. We are at the 100th episode, so we want to thank everybody that's been listening, watching. Uh, it's It's been amazing and it's been a great journey. And today we are lucky enough to have an amazing guest who is sort of relevant for a lot of our podcasts ongoing because of uh, a certain piece that they've done, but we'll get to you in a bit. Let's just go around the horn and see how everyone's going. So I might start with Danette. Danette, how's your week been? It's been a good week uh, and an interesting week because yesterday morning I ran a workshop in my office and about 15 minutes after I finished my workshop, I was going back into my office and there was a brown snake in my office, a five-footer. Hmm. Woke me up big time. Anyway, it we managed to create a maze to get it outside and so it is now safely outside the house. Oh, and the whole so we, we think, think. <laughs> the whole we think it came in is filled. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, good to hear that everyone's uh, safe and Graham putting the fingers crossed symbols up. And it actually might be a good person to throw to next. Graham, how are you going? How's everything going with you? I'm well, Jess. Thank you. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, yes, snakes are fun, sensitive creatures that belong outside. <laughs> For those of you who uh, who don't have video, I'm sporting my pirate patch today, not because there's anything wrong with my eye, I just really like it, you know, I think that's it. But I'm well, Jess, thank you. Been a, been a good week, other than a little bit of excitement yesterday afternoon. Oh, awesome, good to hear. I'm glad that things are going well. Uh, and look, you still managed to uh, get this snake out, even with one eye, so you're doing better than most of us with two, so well done there. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Legas, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I uh, Yesterday I played doubles tennis for the first time. I mean, I haven't picked up a tennis racket in well over 10 years, and I was not very good, but... I did not expect to be, so it was pretty fun. We, we played like silly rounds where it's like, how many balls can we hit at the same time and keep the rally going? So it kind of disintegrated towards the end, but it was good fun. So yeah, <laughs> it's been a good week. That's great. Uh, great uh, use of creativity, which is relevant for this chat uh, there in your sport. Um, Alan, how's your week been? I've had a pretty casual week, Jess. We've experienced COVID in our house this week, which was Kind of nice to hear that it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, good to hear that you're healing up as well. Good, uh, that's all good stuff. So, I continued uh, feeling better there, Alan. Thanks, Jess. That's all right. And John, how are you going? Uh, yeah, hey Jess, hey everyone. Um, tumultuous week this week with work. Just a lot of changes, um, and the information you're getting from leadership isn't really giving you anything or it's wrong so that makes it entertaining and and just to clarify he's not talking about us <laughs> no definitely not, not this time <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully that uh hopefully that uh interesting level of work john uh, becomes a little easier next week for you uh, we'll check in next week and hopefully it's all going well and of course, now I'm very happy to welcome in our guest, Sue Ellen Cook. So Sue Ellen, first of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolute pleasure to have you. 
Yeah, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> um, so, Sue Ellen, uh, before we get uh, before we start talking to you, I think it's time for a big reveal that we've been waiting for on the podcast, uh, which is we haven't displayed this beautiful artwork that we got from you uh, that is now being currently blurred on the video. So, if you're listening, check out the YouTube video because we are about to have the reveal of a beautiful artwork that will be in the ongoing podcast in the background. So, Graham, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> if you can work out how to do it. If I could, gorgeous. Just, it looks much better if I'm not in the picture. Uh, it looks amazing. It mm. does. Mm. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of light bouncing off it, obviously, but it, it looks spectacular. Yeah, because it is. I'm glad you're happy with it. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Mm. So amazing. Oh. So, uh, so for those listening, it's an integral part of the podcast going forward. So I'm so excited to have the artist on today, Sue Allen, to talk about it. I thought before, we've all got some questions and we've sent them through, but I thought, Sue Ellen, for some people that may not know much about you, do you want to give a little bit of a bio? Because I've I've read your stuff and it seems very interesting how you got to where you are. So I'd love if you would just do a quick bio. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as you can see, I didn't sort of come down the last year. Um, I've been doing all sorts of things in my life, um, but I've always sort of dabbled in art in one shape or another. My mother was quite artistic. So, you know, as kids, we used to make... Um, um, you know, hand puppets and she was very clever at um, paper mache and painting and all those sorts of fun things that kids love getting getting into. Um, I probably never really found my niche and probably in my 20s I started, I picked up a camera. Well, I probably picked up a camera earlier than that and just took snaps, you know. But I started getting a bit serious about photography in my 20s and, um uh, started sort of delving into more the photography side of things and that continued for a while and I ended up going to art school and I did some photography at art school and got quite heavily into black and white photography and uh, sort of abstract photography I suppose and um, set up a dark room in my laundry and did all sorts of stupid things you know and then I was sort of processing colour slides I even photographed somebody's wedding, a friend's wedding, and processed the slides myself. What was I thinking? You know, it was madness. But anyway, you know, on and on it went. And and I and then when I was uh, pregnant with my daughter, I thought I can't use all those horrible chemicals and things like that. Uh, so I packed it all away. And and probably in that time, uh, digital cameras started arriving on the scene. And so, you know, the cameras that I had were all film cameras. I couldn't be bothered, you know, it was just too hard and it became hard to get things processed without doing it yourself. So I sort of just packed it all away. And at the same time, I started doing, uh, I went back to uni and started doing science degree. So I got heavily into that. I'm inclined to sort of, you know, if, if I start something, I sort of get into it fully. <laughs> and so I was at uni doing science for 10 years. I ended up doing PhD in marine science and, uh, and Antarctic stuff and things like that. So then, um, unfortunately, I suppose I hit the glass ceiling in science and marine science particularly is a young person's thing. Uh, so it was quite difficult in Tasmania, at least. You'd think it would be okay, but it just didn't work out to get work in it. I worked in it for a few years, but I also got a bit disillusioned with working. I think I liked the learning better than I liked, liked working in it. So I left that and... Meanwhile, I was sort of had got back into photography and I had gone into the Southern Ocean on a trip, science voyage, and I took a camera with me. I bought just a, a cheap um, point and shoot camera 
and I just got so frustrated with it because couldn't do what I was used to doing with a camera. So I came home and um, decided then I was going to buy myself a proper camera. And so I sort of lashed out and bought a proper digital camera and I, it just was just like, um, you know, a dog with a bone. I couldn't put it down. And to the point where when I was writing my PhD thesis, I was thinking about photography all the time in the background. So I was sort of having to... to um, to try and control the urges to go off and take photos and stay put at the computer and write the thesis. Anyway, I did, I did, I managed to do both somehow. And and probably after about four years or so, I decided that, yeah, I really like this photography thing. And so I was out there sort of taking photos. And I, re, I was really basically a landscape photographer. I never really took photos of people. It just didn't interest me. Um, but landscapes I loved. I loved all that sort of minimalistic, moody stuff. Uh, that you see around and um, at the time I was seeing what was done online because you know there was so much online that you could look at and um, was quite envious of some of the people that were doing all sorts of wonderful things even in Australia it was great Um, but getting up at half past four in the morning to get out before sunrise just sort of had whiskers on it so I thought I can't I just can't keep taking landscape photographs what am I going to do with them you know there's only so much wall space in my house Um, and then I was sort of watching some stuff happening in Europe um, particularly you know America at the time the photography was all about landscape bright colors saturated things HDR and all sorts of horrible things they just liked it very garish at the time, uh, whereas Europe had sort of gone into a bit of a dark stage and everything was sort of moody and dark and a bit creepy and mysterious, and that, that appealed to me. So um, I was watching what people were doing and then all of a sudden all this sort of composite photography came about and I thought, I've got to know how to do this. So there was another bone thrown to me. So I taught myself Photoshop because I needed to know how to do it. And that was sort of the beginning of the end, really. That's probably, that was probably back in about 2008. Um, I finished my thesis in 2010, worked for a few years at that. And I think I started making composite images at the end of 2011. And, uh, you know, some of my first ones were quite sort of rudimentary and fairly basic but I learned a lot I I taught myself photoshop pretty much and um played and played and played so I was like you know a child in a in a playpen um and you couldn't get me away from the computer really and so I just honed my skills so I've been doing it sort of like for 10 years now and they say that 10 you know need to do something for 10 years to become good at it and I think that's actually true because I've got to a point now where where I can develop my ideas uh, to the point that I want to, whereas when I started, I thought, oh, God, I don't know how to do this. I mean, I still come up and have ideas sort of thing. I have no idea how to, to do that, but I figure it out now. You know, I can figure it out. So I have to sort of trust the process now. So, so yeah, and I think it's about four years ago now, three, three and a half, four years ago, I left my full-time job um, and became a full-time artist. So it's been like, and then COVID hit, you know, like all sorts of, like there's nothing simple in life, but but I love it. Yeah, so I'm happy doing it. Um, yeah, I'm not too skinny yet, so <laughs> I'm still feeding myself, which is good. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much my story in a nutshell.
what a good uh, journey. That's like, it's an amazing journey that's touched through a lot of things. So I hope people that are coming from different areas can see that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, going from Antarctic expeditions to full-time artist. I mean, it's amazing stuff. So thank you for that, Sue Ellen. Great stuff. I spent like 20 years in the public service doing pen pushing, um, you know, and helping people. I worked in the what used to be the Commonwealth Employment Service and, you know, help people find work. And and I've worked as a, I had a small business as a dressmaker for a while there. And, uh, you know, I've done all sorts of things. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sure it's all like informing stuff at the moment. Um, so today we are, yeah, today we're talking about everyday inspiration. And of course, a great person to talk to composite images, I think, are, and what you do with them is amazing. And there's it must be a lot of everyday inspiration in that. But we'll get through to that through different questions. I think we'll pick at different parts of it. But I might start with Danette. Uh, we've all prepared some questions for you. We all want to pick your brain a little bit. So I might start with Danette. Uh, Danette, what's your question? Uh, and you can say why you chose it or just. Yep. Thanks, Jez. And thanks, Sue Ellen, so much for being on the, the podcast. Sue Ellen and I had a lovely chat a month or two ago when yeah, yeah. Um, Sue Ellen delivered the um, picture, uh, which Graham will share the, the story of the framing of the picture, I'm pretty sure, a little bit later. Mm. So, so my um, question was, what fun tips do you have about becoming more creative using everyday inspiration? So I look at the amazing composite images that you put together and the pictures and that it's extraordinary. So what are some fun tips around how we use everyday things to get more inspiration? I Fun's probably not the word I would attach to it, but other people might find it fun. Um, I'm quite serious about my work. Um, and so I suppose it's fun. I don't know. It's not so, not a word I would have associated with it. But I sort of do things like, um, uh, you know, I don't just listen to songs. I listen to the lyrics. So I get, I'll, I'll get an inspiration from a line in a song, um, you know, poetry, um, book titles. I saw one the other day. and I've, I've really got to learn to keep a notebook with me or learn to use, um, you know, audible note taking on my phone because I forget stuff too much I mean I have a I have um, like a, a diary sort of thing that I put stuff down in and I can show you that later but you know I, I, I do a lot of work in that when when I'm exploring an idea so I, I look at other people's photos other other people's imagery art uh, I go back through history you know there's a few artists that inspire me and you can find little things. You're always, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of artists, so you're always finding um, little bits of inspiration and the internet's so wonderful for that because you see all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And now with um, uh, things like Facebook, there's all sorts of surreal art groups on there and, and even though it's not my sort of thing, I can sort of get inspiration from that. So... You know, when I'm sitting back at, on the couch and I get accused of having my head in my phone too much, I, I'm working. I'm, this is work. You know? <laughs> so I suppose you could say that's fun. Um, what else? I mean, I, I've just got one of those sort of brains, I suppose. I I don't... Um, it, it's a funny thing because, you know, I've got this sort of scientific sort of brain as well as as well as sort of an artistic side. and But somehow they, the two of them 
join up. And I suppose the picture that you've got in Incoming Tide was exactly a manifestation of that, where um, just something little will inspire me to sort of something I see, something I hear, something I'm thinking about. Um, you know, I was waking up this morning and I was just lying in bed. Glenn was out there making me coffee and um, I was just lying and I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do next? Because I felt a bit uh, empty after doing the Treehouse series and I was the same after I did the Growth Ring series. You just feel a bit empty for a while um, and to refill the tank. And I started thinking, I really want to do some dark things. So I was sort of thinking of, you know, desaturating, no colour, lots of mood, lots of mist, fog. So it's just that thinking, I, I think, like, like when you're a kid, I when I was a kid, I used to do a lot of imaginary things, and um, I'd, I'd play game. Pardon me, I'd play games in the backyard, imagining I was in a castle or a, you know, I don't know something, you know, what whatever kids do, and and so I'd imagine stuff, and I think I'm doing that now again, but in a sort of an adult way because I don't want to make my work childlike. You know, a lot of people have said, oh, they'd make beautiful children's illustrations. Well, sort of. That's the last thing I want to do, really. I want to make adult illustrations, if you like, that are challenging to the mind and don't answer all the questions. And they're just this little, there's an edge to them that sort of is a bit perhaps mysterious or creepy or spooky or something. So um, that's the sort of that's the sort of direction. Um I'm I'm trying to think, like it's really hard to know where inspiration comes from and it can come out of the blue but I also think that um, I read a book you, you might know this author Elizabeth Gilbert with Big Magic uh, that it's a really good book for me and and some of the way she describes inspiration and the moves turning up are just really connect with my thinking and and one of the things she does say is you have to turn up for work every day and, and that's what I try and do. And I turn up for work every day, even if it's just like, oh, I don't feel like creating an image. I might be doing the invoices or I might be preparing the stories or I might be adding something to my website or I do something like that every day. It might be more mechanical creative than making a picture, but it's still in that line. I guess, you know, it's still, and while I'm doing all that sort of mundane stuff, I'm, I'm thinking at the same time and stuff just happens. So, you know, I'm right here. I can write it down. Nice. Oh, awesome. great answer. Yeah. That's fabulous, Swellen. Sorry. Jess, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, Swellen. I was going to say the exact same things you said. So thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, that was amazing, Swellen. And I think it's, um, uh, you covered a lot of stuff. And I think it, uh, I love the blending that you said of creativity and science. I might, I might throw to Graham now uh, for the next question because I am interested in this one as well. So, Graham, go ahead. Thanks, Jess. I, I was actually just going to change this at the spur of the moment, but I'll, I'll stick with the question. So, my question to Alan was um, do you have a, a, a special place, um, whether it's like a, a room at home or uh, a, a bench seat in the park or the the river nearby or the beach, that tends to fire your um, creative imagination maybe more than others. Is there a, a special go-to place that you have? There's a cupboard called Narnia. <laughs> oh, I've been there. That's awesome. <laughs> There was um, there was a, a little meme I saw on um, um, 
Facebook or something, and I won't say it because it's sort of got rude words in it, but um, it was sort of saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm not staying here, I'm going to Narnia. And I thought, that's where I go. You know, that that's sort of like a metaphor for where I go. Um, there's a few places that I do find inspiration, and that's when I'm by myself. Uh, wherever that is, like like this morning, I was sort of lying in bed, just sort of daydreaming, I suppose. And so I was sort of thinking about what I'm going to do next. I was try I try not to put too much pressure on myself to come up with ideas because as soon as I do that, it's gone. You know, it's like get up and do the washing, Sue Ellen, <laughs> wash the car or something practical. Whereas you know, trying to be create, trying to be creative is is the recipe for not being creative, if you know what I mean. So I try and just um, uh, just roll with the punches, I suppose, and see what happens. But I do like being near water. So water does inspire me. And there's a spot down here where I live that has a creek that is uh, pretty much that um, doesn't flow all the time except when there's lots of rain. And so it forms this sort of big lake down on the beach. Well, it's not big, big, yeah, house-sized lake down on the beach. And so there's a thin patch of sort of sand that runs between the beach and the lake uh, or between the water, seawater and the, and the lake. And, and it's just one of those places that has the most amazing reflections of gorgeous clouds. Or And I find that quite sort of calming. And I think I think what it is is that it, it, it's like meditation that, that you, it takes, it stops your brain racing away with all sorts of other things that are going on in the world and you just concentrate on what you're doing. And, and I find taking photographs does that. So if I find I'm in a in a slump, I will go out and take photos, but it's generally of the water because that's what will get me firing. Um, you know, if I was to sort of walk down to Salamanca Market or something, it would scare me away, you know. I couldn't find a photo to shoot at all, whereas that would really fire up other people. But for me, it's silence and peace and sounds of nature and not being around other people. So, yeah, they're probably the places, my go-to places. Awesome. Thank you. Love it. I'm probably antisocial. That's okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you so much for that. I think that there was a, um, I think it was Danette just waving at us saying goodbye. Well, see you, Danette. Thank you for um, for this and uh, enjoy nice your next you. thing. <laughs> see you soon. Yes, see you soon. We'll see you in end of March. Yes, yes. yes. Yep. Looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone. Sorry I have to leave early. It's all right. See ya. I'll listen to the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, I might throw to Legas. Thanks so much for that last answer, by the way, Sue Ellen. It um, was quite inspiring. It reminded me of some other stuff uh, and it inspired me to go maybe spend some time, you know, in a, in a nature area. So thank you for that. Uh, Legas, what, what have you got for us today? All right. Well, hi, Sue Ellen. Uh, it's oh. nice to meet you. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, so I'm also a bit of an artist myself. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, what is your process going into each piece? Like, do you have a vision of what you're going to be like creating or do you sort of build it bit by bit and draw an inspiration from like where it's at, I guess? Probably a bit of both. Um, usually I have an image, have a, a plan in my head. Um, but I find when I start, it doesn't always work that way. I can't find the right photographs, can't find the right thing to, to shoot. So... I try and stay open to 
trying different things. Um, you know, for instance, the one behind uh, Graham, Incoming Tide, started off as something quite different. I, I had the idea of the four bottles because I wanted to do the four elements. So, and, and I'd done a tree museum before, which was a, a piece based on Joni Mitchell's song, Big Yellow Taxi. And I wanted to do the, the scenes in bottles again, but I wanted it to be sort of completely different to the tree museum. And I suppose, once again, my um, science background, which was sort of climate change orientated in a way, um, sort of fed into that and how I portrayed things in that image. But the cabinet behind it wasn't how I planned it at all. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, um, I tried different things and it just wasn't coming together. So I had to abandon that idea and think of something else. So it's a, it is a bit of both. You know, I often have this sort of idea in my head, which I'll put in my diary. I can probably show you, uh, if I can find it quickly enough, the, um, the original sort of idea for, because I can't draw from that. So yeah, I don't know where it is. Um, I'll have to, it's on my website anyway, so in the story of, of an incoming tide. But it shows the original sort of um, prototype image, if you like, because sometimes I'll put things together in Photoshop just really roughly and really quickly, no lighting, no colour, you know, just bung them in and see how it works. And, um, and that'll inspire me to, yes, that is going to work, I can make that work. But this one I couldn't. And then I had to find the right, sort of cabinet when I decided on the cabinet and I didn't have one uh, so I had to put the call out to my friends has anyone got a cabinet that sort of looks like this <laughs> in my sort of weird crude drawing and lo and behold one of my really good friends had exactly that cabinet but it was only half that size so you know and then again I had to sort of revisit what I was doing um, all those bottles, I had to I only had about seven or eight of them. So I had to sort of shuffle them around and photograph it, shuffle them around, photograph it. And I had to do all that, sort of fill all the shells, but I had to do it twice. So I could so I could put the two sides of the cabinet together. So yeah, so so it does sort of evolve, if you like, as you go through. Some things will work and some things don't. And you, you audition, I sort of audition things, elements for it and try and work out what's going to work. And a lot of it is intuitive um, and a lot of it also gets critiqued by people in my family <laughs> and they are brutally honest, and they, which is really good, like sometimes a bit tough to hear, but uh, it is brutally honest and, and that's what I need because that gets me thinking, hmm, have they got a point or haven't they? And, and so, again, you can sort of go back to the drawing board and you think uh, that first idea is just not going to work because what's in your head and what comes out on the screen, it's sort of like it's not like a painting where you can, um, you know, scrub a bit out and add some more paint and do it different ways and, like, it, it doesn't have to look like what it is in a painting, whereas for my work, it's a funny, it's a different thing and you sort of have to make it look sort of real, but even though you know it's not. So it is trickier to, to, to make it all fit together and look like it was meant to be and make it believable because that, that's sort of the underlying thing it has to be 
believable, even though it's not real. Yeah, for sure. I mean, your Photoshop work is amazing. Like I use Photoshop for, I'm doing animation at the moment Ooh. and it's a, uh, yeah, it's a very difficult program, which uh, I'm learning through an institution, but I feel like teaching it to yourself is also a very impressive feat. So you've clearly done a lot of work on it. <laughs> it looks great. I do keep it very simple because I don't use, I don't use Photoshop trickery at all. I don't use mm -hmm. like um, the the things that Photoshop offers you for, you know, graphic design and probably for your animation and, you know, there's weird filters and there's things that will push, pull and bend pixels. I don't <laughs> use much of that. I, I'm, I'm more like use it for the blending and the light and layering of items and elements. And, and I don't use sort of trickery at all because I, I, I don't know how to. And when I've tried, it looks like. It looks awful. So, you know, I just, I, I, I am desperate to make it look believable. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, it looks great. So thank you for answering my question. <laughs> I hope I did. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was amazing. And I think I also, one of my takeaways from that as well is like how you keep it so simple. I think that's an excellent thing to have uh, mentioned because I think what, what you see, like when we look at it is something so complex and so there's so much detail and everything, but you saying that it's something so simple is like keeping it simple is the key to it is amazing. So thanks for that. I suppose what it is, is there's a lot in them that, um, it's a bit like a minimalist photo. There's a lot of work that goes on behind scenes to make it look minimalistic. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a, a, a minimalistic house. There's a lot in the cupboards. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't see>. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. I'll throw to Alan now because I also thought Alan's question was really good. So, um, Alan, what was your question today? Uh, you're just on mute as well, Alan. Just... Uh, thanks, Jess. Hi, Sal. Um, Hi. Um, I was wondering what's your thought process that helps you find the inspiration to create artworks that really challenge that logical part of our brain that likes to put things into that easy-to-label box? Mmm. I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know. It is just, like, you get in the zone and... I don't know. Hey, it, maybe it's just my brain, the way my brain works. But I, I, I kind of, I know a lot of things that you see on the internet with, um, particularly surreal art. People just throw things in there because they can. You know, you'll see a giraffe riding in a car or some crap like that. I don't like that sort of stuff. Everything has to have a purpose, and 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 you'll see that in um, in an incoming tide that everything in there has a little story about it and and you can read, the viewer can sort of, I, I haven't provided all the answers, but the viewer can sort of make their stories in there. Um, you know, there's there's sort of things in those bottles that, uh, that relate to what it's about. They're not in there because I can, you know. There's not something in there because, oh, yeah, I can do that, so I'll put it in. I, I don't I avoid that like the plague really because I, I like everything to be there for a purpose and to add to the story. So finding that inspiration is is just thinking. And and again, you can just sit there and while away the day thinking. Um, I try and read 
quite a bit. I, I don't get enough time to read, but I do look for sort of authors that are a little bit magical in in what they they write. Um, weird things, you know, like weird stories, like particularly sort of older children's stories. Um, I find that really quite useful, especially a good writer. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't really know how my mind works. It just does. So, <laughs> sorry. Well, thanks for that, Sarah. What stands out to me is that you are telling your story. You're not just putting random things in there. And I think that's what really attracts me to your artwork. Even when I read the title, I go back and I you know, seem to find different things that I didn't see the first time and it builds yeah. on that story for me. There's a lot of people out there doing this sort of composite work with now because it's it's e well it's not easy but you know you can do it it's accessible and and there are some really good practitioners out there but I I look at a lot of their work and I think what what's that doing in there you know what's what's it saying what's it adding to the story um, it doesn't to me so you know I, I try not to do that in mine occasionally you just sort of get the odd thing that you think, oh, no, that just looks good, so I'll do it. But generally speaking, there's a, there's a connection between all the elements in my pictures. So, yeah, it's looking for those connections. And, and quite often I'll sort of look for metaphors or, you know, look up synonyms in, the, in, on, on, in a dictionary or, you know, that type of thing to try and get, you know, what is, what is um, uh, let me think, what... Like you, you know how you have in Greek mythology, things mean stuff, and and the same in like Irish and Celtic type uh, history. You'll say you know a uh, something or other will mean something to to those people. So it has has like a, a a meaning, and so I use that meaning to sort of add to my picture if that's what I'm after. So you know it might be an owl is in there for a reason. You know it's not just a bird. It's there because it means something to that picture. So, yeah, I mean, a, a classic one is one of my tree houses in the in the new series, and I, I do have one called Owl's Nest, and there is an owl in there, and um, and the, the reason is because if if I was going to live there, I would love to have an owl, a resident owl, wild owl has to be wild, but I would love that. And as a child, I would have just like that would have been my dream. So. You know, it might be as intangible as that or just sort of a, a not exactly a silly thing, but, you know, a childish dream, but but it's there, whereas other things have much more serious meanings, like might be more dark and meaningful. Oh, thanks for that, Sue Awesome. Well, um, I think we're pretty much getting towards the end of the time. But and Sue Ellen, I want to thank you so much. I've learned so much. I've I feel like I've learned so much about like what not to include as well in certain things as well. That that's is uh, a really important yeah. thing. But um, I want to just go around and maybe just get some final thoughts from everybody, and we'll end with you, Sue Ellen, if that's all right. About everyday inspiration and maybe something you've taken away. So I might start with you, Leggers. Uh, just final thoughts on everyday inspiration in this chat. I feel like, I mean, you know, you have a bit of a loose process where you like take inspiration when it sort of comes to you. And I guess like as an artist, I also sort of get burnout when you're trying to just continually come up with new things. Like sometimes you just have to let your brain rest for a little bit. So it's nice to hear that like you also use that as a process for inspiration as well. 
So thank you for being on the chat today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. I might throw to you, John. Uh, John, just any final thoughts or anything that you've taken away from the chat or anything you just want to say? Yeah. So, Ellen, I like the way you, your journey, I mean, where you started is not where you are currently and and (laughs) likewise in your pictures that where you think you're starting or what the outcome is going to be isn't necessarily the outcome that comes along. And I think we lose track of that in in life, that we have a plan and we've got to go to plan. And if it doesn't go to plan, then everything's in chaos. And it's like, no, life isn't like that. Life isn't linear. Um, Likewise with your drawings. So there's Mm. a lot that comes in and goes out that um, we don't have control over. And yeah, try different things. I think you would use the word audition. Yes. Um, And I love that, just that inclusion of, yeah, you're auditioning things to, does it work? Does it not? Is it in? Is it out? Yeah, yeah. that to me was. Yeah, and I think I, th- I think too that I've learned I've learned to trust the process because you know I'll, yeah. I'll often start something and it's not working, and and I find that really quite stressful because I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to manifest this idea that I've got that I really desperately want to put on paper. Um, but I'm learning to trust the process that it will happen one way, shape, yep. or form. I've just, as as Elizabeth Gilbert talks about, I've just got to be ready to listen to the muse. At the moment, because this isn't working, the muse is talking a different language to me and I don't understand it. Uh, and and as soon as they start talking my language, I'm away. So, yep. you know, that that's what happened with the incoming tide and, and it started like, it was painful. It was almost to the point where I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to pull it off. But but as it turned out, and, and, it, and as long as you stay uh, willing to trust your process, then you'll open up to other ideas. So yep. all of a sudden you think there's a light bulb. Mark. Oh, yeah, I'll try that. That'll work. So if you stay focused on your original plan, you're never going to find that. It's never yeah. going to happen because you're just too rigid in your thinking. That yeah. can be perhaps when you're building a bridge, but not for when you're making art. <laughs> yeah. But but within life, I think you've got to be able to move with those those tides as well. Yeah. I think it's called pivoting, isn't it? In the modern technology. <laughs> it is at the moment, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah and yeah great i love the i love these little insights that people are picking up because it's also different from what i'm picking up so it's great hearing what people took away i love it um alan alan any final thoughts on the uh everyday inspiration or what you've heard today yeah i really love that idea of you know, trusting the process as opposed to or like sir alan said there before you know when we try and force something it doesn't work you know the analogy i heard recently was rather than trying to change the waves was learn to surf and just go with it. <laughs> that's it <laughs> Good one. Thanks, Sir Alan. Excellent. And um, Graham, I might end with you here. Any final thoughts that you took away or any little bits and pieces that uh, you wanted to say before we close up the podcast? Um, I I think just one little sort of insight around this idea of everyday everyday creativity, everyday inspiration. Um, And I'd love to get Sir Alan's sort of maybe brief take on it, is where curiosity fits into all of this. I think that's part of staying open-minded. I, I think you know, when you look at children, um, there's a little little guy who lives next door to us and he's three now 
And when he was like 18 months and just discovering the world, he would pick up things and just like, you know, he'd pick up this thing and he'd be looking at it and feeling it and you know, turning it over and then he'd put it in his pocket and he'd bring it out a bit later. And, and, and I think that's what... I think that's what I do in my head and or in my journal and and I and I think that's called curiosity as an adult. Yeah. You know, that's the adult version of curiosity. And 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 again trusting the process. Don't I don't give up. I've got I've got a motto of three Ps, you know, PPP, patience, persistence, and perseverance. And and those three things are essential. And I think that's why um I think, I think that's what keeps me going is those, and I think that's why a lot of people give up because they don't do that. You know, a lot of people yep. sort of want to have a go at this, but it's not easy and you do need those three things, patience, persistence and perseverance, and, and you've got to keep pushing through those blocks. Nice. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I, I think on behalf of everyone at Magical Learning, I want to thank Sue Allen so much for being on today, especially for our 100th episode. It's a perfect episode <laughs> to be on. So, so excited. Um, oh, if uh, if anybody wants to check out Sue Ellen's work, you can go to sueellensadiecook.com.au and just uh, I'll put the link to that in the description of the podcast. So go there, check out the art, grab some. It's uh, it's. <laughs> that's it subscribe um obviously i want to thank all our audience for supporting us through 100 episodes it's been a great journey and uh, i want to thank everyone that's been on um and i just want to say thank you again to everybody that showed up today and everybody that uh got involved in the conversation i learned so much um not only about being an artist but just about processes and and stuff like that so i really want to thank you so much sue ellen oh, uh, great thanks for inviting me <laughs> oh, no <laughs> problem <laughs> can i just jump in really quickly yeah, before you wrap it. up and 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 we stop recording um i just want to say a huge thank you to you just acknowledging that yes you know this is the 100th podcast it's been a real buzz having sue ellen on today immensely grateful for everybody else jumping in over the last hundred podcasts on and off but you know you've been the mainstay the driving force you do an awesome job as the podcast host so thank you for that awesome job really Mm. grateful well done Thanks very much. Thanks. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's actually something I look forward to every week. So uh, it's, uh, I'm, hopefully we'll do 100 more. But uh, until next time, everybody, stay magical. Thank you so much for listening to today's Magical Learning Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to go through our library and listen to more or check out our social media accounts on any social media platform that you like. We update them very regularly so you can find out more information about relaxing or working harder. Otherwise, we'd like to invite you to be on the podcast. If you're at this point in this podcast, we think that you enjoy the podcast enough to be a guest. So please message us on social media about being on the podcast and what topic you'd love to do. Have a magical week.